2: What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the On Raiders podcast, April 1st, 2021. Yeah, it's April Fool's Day, so should I have an April Fool's joke prepared for you? No, I don't. <laughs> not at all. Now, I did have a couple people hit me up with suggestions of things I should do on the podcast for April Fool's Day, but uh, that would just require way too much thinking and way too much planning, so I did not get down like that, but... Uh, be careful. I'll just give you that warning. If you're out there today, there could be some pranksters. There could be some jokesters. I'm going to do something at work today. I don't know. Somewhere within the radio station today, I'll do some kind of joke or, you know, call somebody on the phone, call somebody in the office building. I don't know. I'll I'll play some prank on somebody, but I just didn't uh, have the time to think it all out and plan it all out as far as the podcast goes. But today is April 1st, 2021. We are less than 30 days away from the start of the NFL draft. I'm very excited about that. Of course, the Raiders have the number 17 overall pick will they stay there will they move forward will they move back what will they do will they go with a skill position will they go with an offensive lineman i mean just who knows what they're gonna do those options are so wide there. very excited about that but less than 30 days away the uh, nfl draft will take place in cleveland ohio so very very Fired up about that. Coming up on today's show. Well, before I get into that, let me tell you that today's show is being brought to you by RockAuto.com. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need at RockAuto.com. Make sure you let them know that the Lockdown Raiders podcast sent you. That means that I'm doing my job. And I'll tell you more about RockAuto.com later on in the show. But coming up on the show today. Segment number three, calls, texts, straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. And I got a couple tweets that I want to get to as well, including one from Obi-Wan Raider's wife, uh, at Mr. Mrs. Jordan 2, giving us an update on Obi-Wan Raider. We'll start off segment three with that. And then segment number two, you're going to hear from Notre Dame players. You'll hear from Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa very easily could be the Raiders pick at number 17 if they want to go linebacker. You'll hear from him and then you'll also hear from offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg. He could be a guy that in my opinion if the Raiders decide to trade back maybe even find him in the second round. I mean this draft is very very deep when it comes to tackles. Uh, You'll hear from him as well. They had their pro day on Wednesday and uh, they also had a media session on Tuesday and so I got that audio I was able to kind of jump on that media session and follow along and uh, I want to bring that to the table. I want to bring any of these media sessions to the table that could involve potential Raiders and so I had Virginia Tech earlier this week so now I got uh, Notre Dame's going to come up on today's show and it's funny on Wednesday I actually went to Baylor's pro day I went in person, it was crazy, all these other pro days is, is done virtually and by Zoom, Baylor's been doing things in person so I was actually there Baylor doesn't have a whole lot of talent getting into the draft this year, William Bradley King is the one guy that has a chance of getting drafted third day, maybe fifth, sixth, seventh round maybe undrafted, I think he'll have an opportunity to at least play for a team. I'll I'll let you hear a little from him later on uh, this week, but uh, not today. Today you'll hear from Notre Dame players Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa and Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle. That'll be in segment number two. Here in segment number one, news and notes of the day kind of scatter shoot between Raider news, NFL news, just a whole lot of stuff that I gotta get to, so let's go ahead and jump right into it. The first piece of news that I wanted to get to that had to do with the Raiders is really just about a piece that my guy Vic Tafer put out on The Athletic called Tom Cable's excited about the Raiders' new look line and Andre James' ability to fill Rodney Hudson's shoes. And the only reason I brought that up is because as I was reading it, it was really interesting. Uh, Basically, Tom Cable says there's a three-man competition for the guard spots between Richie Incognito, John Simpson, and Denzel Good. And Cable says John's going to push those guys. Their knowledge and their experience will help him. Once he has an offseason to develop his skill, he'll just take off. And you know, the reason I bring this up is because when they drafted John Simpson in the fourth round out of Clemson, I was excited about him. I knew what he was able to do at Clemson, and I thought that at some point he was going to compete for one of those guard spots. I figured he would take the spot of Richie Incognito or Gabe Jackson, a guy that I thought, as a matter of fact, I didn't think he was going to be there in 2020. He ends up staying with the Raiders in 2020. They trade him this offseason. So I think John Simpson is going to get a lot of playing time this year. I definitely think Denzel Good's going to be a guy that uh, you know, that's going to be entrenched at one of those guard spots. I would not be shocked, and I'm just saying this on April 1st, 2021. I would Not be shocked if Richie Incognito does not play this year. I would not be surprised if Richie Incognito is one of the surprise cuts at the end of training camp. I'm not saying that I'm wishing that on him. I'm just saying if John Simpson's able to have a really good offseason, and from every indication, it looks like the offseason is going to be a lot more normal than it was last year. If he's able to do that and show the coaches something, I would not be surprised or shocked to see him starting. On, uh, on day one of the 2021 season. So that's just what I'm saying right now on April 1st. Who knows? There's a long way from between now and then. I think John Simpson's got a real good opportunity to be a starter, though. So check out that piece Vic Tafer did on The Athletic. Tom Cable's excited about the Raiders' new look line and Andre James' ability to fill Rodney Hudson's shoes. It's really, really good. Also, uh, Yannick Ngakwe, he was on Sirius XM Radio, and uh, he was talking about playing with the Raiders, choosing to go to the Raiders as a free agent. And I thought this little soundbite was pretty exciting. It's only about a minute long, but it's just talking about, he's talking about why he's excited about joining the Raiders. Check it out.
3: I'm going with a defensive coordinator that's uh, used to my style of play, that's used me before, was my former head coach. And uh, the defense definitely uh, allows me to utilize my skills uh, to help the team out tremendously. So it was just a blessing. Yannick, I had read somewhere that you had kind of been eyeing and wanting to play for the Raiders for a long time. Why is that? Well, I never once ever came out and said that about uh, wanting to play for the Raiders for a long time, but you have to be a fool not to want to play for the Raiders, it's just the uh-huh. tradition and the history behind it, the Hall of Famers they have. And I aspire to be a Hall of Famer one day when it's all said and done. I hang up my cleats and, you know, that's, it's just more motivation when I walk into that building just to see all the other guys that did it.
4: My last question for you: What's your message to the Raider fans?
3: Oh, message to the Raider fans is: I'm here to win. I'm um, I'm also here to uh, to just make a change in this community in the, in the Las Vegas area, in the Henderson. You know, in that area, all communities, honestly in Nevada, I'm trying to you know just make change. But uh, also, you're getting a guy that's. He's aspired to be great. He's aspired to one day, you know, go down as one of the greats. So with that being said, you you should already know what kind of intensity that I'm going to bring to the field each and every Sunday.
2: So there's new Raider defensive end, unique Ngakwe, talking about, you know, being excited about joining the Raiders, teaming up with Gus Bradley again, a coach who knows how to use him. Uh, I liked what he said. You'd be crazy. You'd be a fool not to want to join the Raiders. And then also, he talked about what he wants to do for the team change the culture, also, you know, work around the community and stuff like that. I think that stuff's important, man. He sounds like he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's always been known as a guy that's got a good head on his shoulders. Now, let's just see what he can do the next couple years with the Raiders and how he can help improve that defensive line and Hopefully Gus Bradley is able to push the right buttons and get that pass rush the way that it needs to be so the rest of the team, the, the linebackers and the secondary and the safeties are a whole lot better. If your front four are solid and can get to the quarterback without having a blitz, the rest of your team is going to be a lot better than they normally are. So uh, yeah, excited about Unique Ngakwe. Just thought that that was a kind of cool little nugget that he had on Sirius XM NFL Radio. I also wanted to bring this to the table because I've seen a lot of people talking about it and that's Gabe Jackson. I mentioned on uh, on Wednesday that he got a contract extension from the Seahawks. Not only did they give up that fifth round pick to the Raiders to get him, but they also gave him a three-year $22.5 million extension, including a $9 million signing bonus. He gets a little bit over $7 million in additional guarantees, which is a nice payday for his new team but that's not what I want to talk about it's the fact that he was meeting with the Seahawks website and you know they got to do media sessions and so they were asking him about being excited about joining the Seahawks and he said and I quote all I know is I'm excited to join the 12s and meet my other brothers I'm excited about the team the players that I know are there the coaching staff the fan base the 12s I remember playing against them and how loud it gets there they win I want to be a part of an organization that's like that And so a lot of Raider fans got kind of up in arms about him talking about they win. I want to be a part of an organization like that. And I don't understand why. Why would you get upset because a player wants to win? He's literally been to the playoffs one time since he's been in the league. He came into the league in 2014. The Raiders went to the playoffs in 2016, and that was it. The piece on the website says, since Jackson entered the NFL as a third-round pick in 2014, the Seahawks have never won fewer than nine games and only missed the postseason once in that span. That is the exact opposite of the Raiders. The Raiders have made it to the postseason one time. That's it in 2016. and It was one and done. So, you know, he said joining a new organization for the first time in his career was like getting a fresh start. He said it's almost like draft day. I feel like I'm a rookie all over again. I get to go somewhere and meet people and just start over. Plus, by the way, he's getting a contract extension. He got a contract extension and they traded for him. So not only that, he feels like, hey, this place wants me. They really want me there when I think everyone realized, and I've been saying it now for over a year, that the Raiders were going to move on from him sooner rather than later. And I, I was just a year off. I, I was a year too early instead of, a, instead of this year. I was picking last year. So, I mean, it is what it is. I wouldn't get mad at Gabe Jackson because he wants to win and he's excited for playing for a winning organization. Who wouldn't want to play for a winner? You tell me that you rather play for a team that loses all the time just because they drafted you than play for a winner, have an opportunity to play for a winner? Come on, man, that's crazy. So, I, I didn't even really pay attention to it and even, I wasn't even going to talk about it on the show until I saw so many people kind of flipping out about it. So, Raider Nation is not that serious. Gabe Jackson wants to play for a winner. Well, now he's got that opportunity. They gave up a fifth-round pick for him, so the Raiders at least got some compensation. I think that's a that's that's better than just letting him walk out the door and getting nothing for him. So th- there you go. So Gabe Jackson, uh, happy to be with Seattle. And, hey, I wish him all the luck. I have no ill will towards one Gabe Jackson. And that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast news and notes of the day. Coming up in segment number two, sounds from Notre Dame's Pro Day. You'll hear from Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, the linebacker. You'll also hear from Liam Eichenberg, the offensive tackle. He may go in the later first round, early second round. Either way, both players you'll hear from coming up in segment number two. Before I get into that, though, I do want to tell you about a couple great sponsors here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast. And one is rockauto.com. I tell you about them all the time. They're a family business. They've been serving auto part customers online for 20 years. All you got to do is go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, and they've got everything. Engine control parts, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, they got it. It doesn't matter if your car is a classic, a daily driver, whatever you need few easy clicks away and it's delivered directly to your door. RockAuto.com catalog is unique. It's super easy to navigate. You quickly check all the parts available for your vehicle. You choose the brands, specifications, and most importantly, the prices you prefer. That's right. The prices at RockAuto.com are always super low and the same for professionals as it is for do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? All you got to do is go to RockAuto.com right now, check out all the parts available for your car or truck, while you're there, in the little box it said, How'd you hear about us? Right, Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that we sent you. Great selection, super low prices, all the parts your car will ever need from rockauto.com. I also wanted to tell you about Built Bar. I've been telling you about Built Bar for many, 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 many moons now. Great taste in Protein Bar. It's not going to get any better than Pro- than Built Bar as far as Protein Bars go. And they've got so many new flavors. They've always had great flavors, but they got so many new ones to choose from. They were doing the March Madness Challenge. I think it actually gets wrapped up today. I don't even know who the winner is, and it doesn't matter because there's so many great flavors to choose from. All you got to do is go to the website, BuiltBar.com. Check it out. You can get as many different flavors you want. You can mix match your box. It doesn't matter. Or you can get one box of 18 that are all the same flavor. Again, it does not matter. Just know you're getting a protein bar that's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. It's great for the keto diet, and it's really, really good tasting. Uh, Go ahead and check them out today. When you buy your box, use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order just like that. Again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your order at BuiltBar.com. statement number two is on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right,
2: Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Trying to give you a little bit of sounds from Notre Dame's Pro Day, at least the media session surrounding Notre Dame's Pro Day. And uh, there's two guys that I want to focus in on today. Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, the linebacker, a guy I like like to call alpha dog. And then uh, offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg, a guy that you might be able to get um, later in the first round, a guy you might get early second round. But either way you look at it, wanted to bring you some sounds from their Pro Day as they met with the media and just kind of give you. an idea of two guys who possibly could end up as Raiders, uh, after the after the draft is over, coming up at the end of the month. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's start off with Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa. And the first question he was asked was, where is he comfortable playing? He's a guy that has played the slot. He's a guy who's played the safety position. He's played the linebacker position. He's kind of an Isaiah Simmons type guy. That's the dude I kind of get an image of. When I see Jeremiah Owusu Koromoa, I kinda think of Isaiah Simmons, and he was a guy that a lot of Raider Nation was really hot and heavy after in the 2020 NFL draft. So Where is he comfortable playing at? And what have NFL teams talked to him? What position have they talked to him about playing?
1: Yeah, so I've been, I mean, those, all those positions that you named um, are pretty, you know, familiar positions to me in terms of um, playing, even from high school until, you know, now I've played a lot of positions. Um, In terms of NFL teams, I've I've been hearing a lot of uh, linebacker primarily. And, you know, for me, the closer to the ball that I am, you know, I'm happy. As a competitor, I want to be able to I find something that, you know, gives me an edge and, you know, that gives me an advantage and, you know, the closest to the ball that I am. And, you know, I I think that's an advantage for me. Um, But, you know, I've heard kind of uh, dual positions as well. Um, Speaking of sub packages, third down and certain things like that.
2: So there's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa talking about the closer to the ball he is, the better. You know, he he just wants to go and make plays. Simple as that. He's heard from different teams about playing multiple positions. Again, feels very much like an Isaiah Simmons guy who went number eight overall to the Arizona Cardinals and didn't get action early in the season, but did come on late for the Cardinals and played some pretty good balls. So uh, here's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa talking about how much playing the slot has helped him to be a linebacker that can drop in coverage and how he thinks that translates on the next Level.
1: Well, just my experience with you know playing. I think you 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 phrased it um, corner slot corner corner yeah. slot. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting name. Um, well, you know, just just with me playing a lot of man coverage this year, you know, it helped me out especially. You know, definitely in my transition, I think to the league as you know, the NFL has become more of a a pass happy league, um, and you know, uh, more teams are you know running. Seventy percent, eighty percent sub third down packages, and I, I think that's just uh, where my game uh, peaks at. Um, is that third down kind of sub, whether it's inside or outside nickel, um, you know, box, you know, it, wherever it is. Um, I think I believe I seen the stat where um, somebody somebody kind of counted my uh, my snaps. I, I played six hundred plus snaps um, out in the slot, and about four hundred and fifty. Um, plus snaps in the box. And, you know, the kind of duality, I think, is what um, NFL teams are looking for um, as the league progresses into uh, more of a pass uh, league. So.
2: so there's Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa talking about where he played, how he played, you know, his skill set and all that and, and how playing in the slot has helped him and, and how he thinks that translates on the next level. 600 snaps in the slot, 450 in the box. So, I mean, that man-to-man coverage that they play at Notre Dame uh, has really helped him in a major, major way. And I'll tell you, just on a side note, just listening to him in his media session and the way that he answers questions real thoroughly, that's something something that when Matt Rule was at Baylor, and now Matt Rule's the head coach in Carolina, that's what he always taught his players. That was one of the things. He used to roll out the players all the time to meet with the media so they can get used to talking to us, and he always specified, like, answer your questions thoroughly, really break it down, sound like you know what the hell you're talking about, and obviously that's what Brian Kelly's doing there at Notre Dame, because you can hear Jeremiah Wusu koromoa just answer the questions, I mean, spot on. Even ask the reporter, like, what, what, what did you call that? Oh, a slot corner or whatever, a corner slot yeah that's a cute name or whatever like almost kind of not making fun of him but almost kind of making fun of him <laughs> you know so uh i like that uh how about this one you want to talk about an impressive answer jeremiah Usu-Kuromoa was asked about his skill set how it prepares him to be ready to play in the nfl day one
1: well my skill set just just to start off first um it's a mindset i think when i step on the field my attitude kind of uh, differs from others um just just willing to attack willing to be physical um, willing to take chances, you know. Willing to make plays, uh, a fierce competitor. You know, you know, coming from my foundation and where I'm from. Um, you know what I mean. So, in terms of the offense, in terms of their skills and their speed, um, you know, I think I just match up uh, just as well. Um, you know, I, I run fast. I'm physical and. Um, I'm quick reacting, uh, but not too quick that I can't be patient to wait for a play to develop in front of my eyes. So I think, um, in terms of the offense and, and moving on to this next level, I think I'll just be
2: ready for it. I'm telling you, man, if his answers don't scream leadership, I don't know what do. I really don't. I mean, I just think that I'm very, very impressed by the way that he answers these questions. They may be more impressive than even his play on the field. And again, I said I'm doing this mock draft on the Locked On uh, NFL Network, and it's going to be airing uh, late April, and and uh, I'm not going to say who I pick or, or what my pick is or what anyone else's pick is, uh, but he's one of the guys that I'm choosing from. And I'm telling you, man, it's going to be difficult for me not to pick him at number 17 or wherever I end up. So uh, just, I'm just really, really thoroughly impressed With Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa. Now, everyone has work, right? Everyone needs to work on something. Nobody is a finished product as they enter the NFL. So what does he think he needs to work on? Where does he need the most improvement?
1: I need to work on tackling. I think every defensive person, you know, needs to work on tackling. I need to work on my angles. Those are two things that I don't think are my weaknesses, but I think those are things that I I surely need to work on to, you know, become the player that I want to become. Uh, So those are things that I am correcting and, and working on. Every missed tackle that I've had, I've calculated it and said, okay, wow. Every tackle, missed tackle that I've had, I've left my feet. Uh, So if I could just keep my feet and I could just be more patient on my angles, I think I'll be just fine.
2: So there he goes. He says what his weakness is. He needs to tackle better. He has missed tackles and it's from leaving his feet. And the only thing that worries me about that, I can respect the fact that he recognizes it and knows he needs to get better. But when, you know, when you're in the line of fire, what do you do? you always revert back to what you know. You know what I mean? You don't sit there. Like, you could be training and working on tackling and not leaving your feet. You can work on that all the time in practice and do it to perfection. But when the bullets are live... What do you do? You go back to what you know because you're not thinking about it, You're just going. And sometimes those kind of habits, like leaving your feet, are very hard to break. So that is a concern. That's a major concern right there because the Raiders already have enough issues when it comes to missed tackling. So my final soundbite from Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa is real simple. What new NFL player does he model his game after or compare himself to?
1: I think of uh, Deion Jones uh, from the Falcons. I think he's a, um, a smaller linebacker, but uh, he's speedy. Um, he's instinctive. Uh, he's a player that really knows the game. And when I when I watch him, even on third down sometimes, he may be lined up in the middle or lined up on the edge and backdropping. He does a lot of the different things um, within that uh, Falcons defense. Um, and that, that's kind of the, the new player that I've kind of modeled after, along with uh, an older player, uh, Charles uh, Tillman, uh, in terms of getting the ball out, in terms of finding uh, new ways to separate yourself Uh, Within the game, I think those two players are somebody um, some people that I've actually kind of modeled my game after and even try to develop
2: into, kind of, so. Deion Jones and Charles Peanut Tillman, pride of Copper's Cove, Texas. I'm not mad at that, and I really like the Charles Peanut Tillman. I don't never hear anyone say they compare themselves or they, they model their game after Peanut Tillman. That guy, I mean, him and Charles Woodson were really the first couple that were uh, doing the peanut punch. That's what they call it, and, and Charles Woodson, of course, picked it up as well, but punching that ball out. Now, every player tries to do that now, but Peanut Tillman, man, he was a heck of a player, and of course, uh, there's a lot of defensive back and a lot of players in the league that, that try to model themselves after him, but no one ever gives him credit for that. I thought that that was really cool that uh, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa mentioned Deion Jones and mentioned Charles Peanut Tillman. Now, I got a couple sound bites that I want to get to real quick, and I hate to, you know, try to rush through these, but I uh, see what my time is looking like. Uh, I got a couple from offensive tackle Liam Eichenberg. He's a guy that I could see the Raiders getting maybe a little bit later in the in first round if they trade back from 17 or even maybe possibly picking him up in the second round. So, uh, one of the first questions asked to him was about his biggest selling point. How does he sell himself to the NFL? The, uh,
0: the biggest selling point for me is I think I'm consistent. I think I'm a guy you can plug in and play right now. I'm not a guy that needs a lot of development. Um, I think I've been coached well Use my technique, my fundamentals very well. So for me, it's, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people mock me for athleticism. I mean, I, I really don't, I mean, offensive line, I mean, I'm I'm not running a route or anything, so I guess it's a little bit different. But um, I think I'm a guy that can go in there, get to the NFL – and uh, play right away.
2: So his biggest selling point is that you could plug him and play him immediately. The minute you draft him, you could say, that's my day one starter right there, according to Liam Eikenberg. And that's good. That's what he's supposed to be. You know, again, this draft is very deep in tackles. So, uh, you know, some of these guys could get caught up in the shuffle and lost in the mix if they're not available to play immediately. And so would that be a guy that the Raiders consider? Possibly. But you heard him mention technique. You heard him mention lack of athleticism. So what can he do from a technique standpoint to make up for athleticism issues that people have noted. What are his thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, you know, um, for example, when we play Pitt, you know, they a, you know, both their defensive ends are very good defensive ends. You know, one's more athletic than the other. And, you know, there's definitely concern by people, you know, when I go up against a speed guy. But I honestly think it's easier to go against a speed guy, you know. They're more decisive with their with their moves and their decision making. So, I don't know, you know, the athleticism, I, I think if you turn on my tape, I mean, I, I block, I, I blocked everyone I played against pretty well. So, you know, for me, it's just kind of, you know, I, I think guys, I think people who say that really don't understand football very well and definitely did not watch my tape. Um, I think my tape speaks for itself, you know, based on my athleticism and my ability to play at the next level. You know, I've gone up against some of the best pass rushers that come out in the past years, you know, Glenn Farrell from Clemson, um, Rashawn Gary, Chase Winovich, Brian Burns, um, and then this past year, you know, I, I think – you know, for me, it's, it's just my, my my tape speaks for itself
2: so there's Liam Eikenberg real quick uh kind of downplaying the lack of athleticism he's talking about some of the really good uh pass rushes that he that he went up against and he even mentioned Cleve Earl <laughs> you know and Brian Burns obviously a lot of Raider Nation wanted uh, the Raiders to go out there and make a move for Brian Burns he was talking about Chase Winovich uh you know he's a heck of a, a pass rusher as well and so uh yeah I mean he's gone up against some dudes and he's held his own in a major way that's basically what he's saying and again I think he's a dude that you could plug and play I wouldn't take him at 17, but I think that if the Raiders were able to trade back and collect a couple extra picks or whatever, I think that maybe he'd be a guy that they put in there and he could be an anchor at that right tackle spot for, uh, you know, 10 plus years. So uh, either way you look at it, uh, the final little soundbite I want from uh, Leon Eichenberg, that I'm going to play for you is about his eyes. You know, he was asked about his eyes and what he does pre and post snap to help diagnose what the defense is about to do.
0: Yeah, I think it all starts with your film study, um, to be honest with you. You know, I, I don't think you'll be able to see that if, if you don't watch film. Um, for me, you know, I get up to the line. I look at the line of scrimmage. You know, who's down based on their technique, which hand, what foot's back, and then for me, you know, I've been I've been playing for you know this was my fifth year of playing, and you kind of pick up pick up on things um, as you become older as you play more. So you know, definitely you know the amount of weight on their hand, the you know where their body weight's leaning. And then also based on, for example, if it's a defensive end and then a three tech, you, know, you can kind of tell based on the levels they're on. And then for me, it's all about, you know, snapping that defensive end across my face so the guard doesn't get blown up. And, you know, it's, it's very important that my guard does not get drilled in the side. I mean, it's, it's, it's a kill shot for him and, and, you know, you don't want that to happen because at the end of the day, you know, it's, it's, it takes five of us to block and for us to be successful on the offensive line. So. Um, you know, I I think it's all about repetition and practice and, you know, without all the reps that, you know, coach Quinn put us through, I, I don't think we would be able to, uh, excel
2: Again, very thorough answer, breaking it down, you know, letting you know exactly what his job is to do and how he gets there, how he diagnoses things pre pre snap and what he's doing while the play is going on, you know, so he protects his other guys, his guards. I think that's a really uh, well thought out answer, and I think he does a good job with that. So there's Liam Eikenberg right there. You also heard from Jeremiah Wusu Koromoa. Just a few sounds from Notre Dame's Pro Day. A couple of guys that potentially could be members of the Silver and Black after the NFL draft is over with. Coming up in segment number three. Calls and text straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line. Even got a couple of tweets to get to. One is from Obi Wan Raider's wife at Mr. And Mrs. Jordan Two, kind of giving us an update on how Obi Wan Raider is doing with his health and uh, him in the hospital. So we'll we'll do all that coming up in segment number three. Before I get into that though, I do want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, and they're your online sportsbook experts. Baseball starts today, baby. That's right. Baseball opening day is today. Very excited about that. Of course, uh, college basketball, the Final Four is going on this weekend. The NBA is in full effect right now. Hockey is going on. UFC has something just about every single weekend. Boxing. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can choose from that betonline.ag has you covered with, and you can start your own account today, free account today, as a matter of fact, at betonline.ag. Use the promo code locked on. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus just like that. Uh, so if you put $200 in, you use the promo code locked on, you'll get an extra $100 on top of that. So that's free money to play with. So who doesn't want some free money, right? Well, take advantage of the best bonuses in the business today. BetOnline.ag, on social media, at BetOnline underscore AG. Again, check them out. Take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. They're your online sportsbook experts. Check them out today. BetOnline.ag. Segment number three is on the way.
0: Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, Every day, here
2: we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. It's funny, I really don't have any texts today. I just have calls and I have a couple tweets. So we'll get to all of that here in segment number three. First of all, we'll start off with a message from Obi Wan Raider's wife at Mister Mrs Jordan two on Twitter. Uh, just give me an update and wanted me to pass on, along the update on how Obi Wan Raider is doing as he's basically fighting for his life right now in the hospital. She said, Hey, Q, Obi's been having a hard time. He was placed back on sedation yesterday. Today, the doctors cleaned out his lungs and took a few samples to test for infection. Because his lungs are getting worse, Obi is struggling to breathe even with a breathing machine. Yesterday, the doctors told me again just to let him pass with dignity. I told them to quit telling me that because my husband's a fighter and I'm going to make sure he's given every chance to heal until God decides it's his time to go. So, that's from Obi Wan Raiders' wife at Mr. And Mrs. Jordan 2. So, doesn't sound good. Doesn't sound good at all. So if you want to send her a tweet and just, you know, share your your thoughts and prayers with her, you should and could. At Mr. Mrs. Jordan too. Uh, you know, I, I hate to have to pass along messages like that, but I mean, it's it's the message from her. And so I just know that uh, Raider Nation has been thinking about Obi-Wan Raider. So I definitely wanted to go ahead and pass that along. So all prayers are with Obi-Wan Raider's wife and family, kids as, as well. Uh, next, got a tweet from James Goyette at James Goyette one That's at James G-O-Y-E-T-T-E-1. It says, hey Q, check out my mock trade back as much as possible. More picks. I hope we do it. Just acquire as many picks as possible, period. It's a crap shoot. I want to roll as many times as possible. This dude drafted 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 13 times. So I'll go ahead and go through it really, really quickly. Uh, He traded with Washington, uh, gave him the number 17 overall pick, and the Raiders received 19, 74, and 82. He got a B-plus grade from Pro Football Focus on that. At 19, he selected Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, got a C-minus for that pick. Then he traded again with Buffalo, and Buffalo received pick number 48, and the Raiders received 81, 93, 174. He got a B for that. And then at 61, Jamar Johnson, the safety out of Indiana, got a C-plus for that. 74, Jamon Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky, B-plus for that. 79, Kendrick Green, the guard out of Illinois, a B-plus for that. 80, Creed Humphrey, center out of Oklahoma, B-plus. 82, Tay Gowen, cornerback UCF, C-plus. 93, Josh Palmer, wide receiver, Tennessee, B-plus. 121, Milton Williams, defensive lineman, Louisiana Tech, C-plus. 162, Deontay Smith, tackle, East Carolina, B-plus. 167, Tommy Tremble, tight end, Notre Dame, B+. 174, Chris Evans, running back, Michigan, C+. 200, Chauncey Golston, edge rusher out of Iowa, a B plus. Overall, the Raiders got a B-plus in their draft as far as he's concerned. And that, again, is a lot of picks. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 picks total. That's a lot of picks, my man, a lot of picks. And I get it. You want to have more shots at it, but you also want to get a couple home run hitters in there. I mean, you got good players in there. Of course, we all know I'm a fan of Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa that you picked at number 19. But outside of that, I know Jamin Davis, he's climbing up boards right now. So uh, he's a good player. Creed Humphrey, I'm very familiar with him uh, out of Oklahoma. You know, I guess kind of revamping that offensive line. And, and look, if you're just going best player available straight up and down the whole board and you're just going to get as much talent as possible and then you just figure out where to play him later then, you know, maybe that's a, a great strategy to go with. I just don't think that you've got enough home runs. You've got the one home run, in my opinion, with Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa, but then the rest are just kind of like good players. You know what I mean? I think you need to get a couple more great players if you're going to have that many picks to choose from. But still, good stuff, man. I definitely appreciate you reaching out and sending the tweet. That's from James Goyette at James Goyette one on Twitter. Next up, I got a call from Raider Mike. He's calling in to talk about the comments Gabe Jackson had and the fact that so many members of Raider Nation are upset because he talked about it being excited about playing for a winning organization. Here he is, Raider Mike.
5: Hey, what's up Q, Raider Nation, Raider Mike. What's up, man? Um, So I've seen um, my guy, Gabe Jackson, got a little extension with the Seahawks. Um, But I also noticed that he said, you know, about him wanting to be a part of a winning culture that they have over in Seattle. But then I see people getting all pissed off and upset who are Raider fans, you know, pissed off and upset about what he, the comment that he made. But let's be honest here. I mean, they've, they've, been, they've been a winning culture since 2012. We've been consistently losing since 2002, you know. So until we learn to establish a winning culture, we're going to have players who are on the team who probably won't speak up about it, um, speak up about our losing, like out in the open. But when they get to a team that has a winning culture, they're going to appreciate it a little more, you know. So I don't think there's anything wrong with him being honest with the world and, and, and telling them how he feels about it. I mean, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be on a winning team, you know? And especially the deity of the sports that we have now, you know, if your team's not winning, you know, people are quick to just want to leave. And all that, and I understand that, you know, but at the same time, you know, for him to be able to go somewhere else and, and 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 be a part of that, you know, I can't I can't really blame him for feeling that way, you know. So we have to figure it out ourselves. And when we start winning and start making excuses, then I believe that we'll have those same type of players that will stay around and will definitely have the positive comments about us, you know. And until then. These are the situations that we're going to run into. So I don't really feel like there's no reason for Raider fans to get mad about his comment. I really think that he was just being honest. So that's all I want to say, man. You know I'm a big game guy, so, you know, just wanted to give my guy some credit regardless of whether he's a Raider or not. All right, that's it, man. Uh, Raiders, Mike.
2: There he goes. That's Raider Mike. And yeah, man, I agree with you 100%. There's nothing wrong with him saying he wants to play for a winning organization or he's excited to play for a winning organization. I don't have any ill will towards Gabe Jackson. I don't have any ill will towards Rodney Hudson. Those are guys that were good soldiers for the whole time that they were members of the Raiders. It does not matter. Now Rodney Hudson is a Cardinal. Gabe Jackson is a Seahawk. I'm not mad at them. Now, you see, I didn't say anything about Trent Brown because I think that he didn't really live up to his end of the bargain. But Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, they did everything they were supposed to do when they were members of the Silver and Black. So I ain't mad at them at all. Thank you so much for that call. Appreciate you. Next up, got a call from Jimmy from Pomona. He's calling in to talk about what he'd like to see the Raiders do at 17. And oh, by the way, he's a new booty. Here he is. Jimmy from Pomona.
3: Q, your boy Jimmy from Pomona. New booty. Hey, Hey, brother. So what I would like to do at 17 is trade back to maybe 21, 22, and take the tackle from Notre Dame and get a second-round pick in return for moving back. And with that second-round pick, it allows us to take another playmaker. And you talking about a blocker? When you get a chance, watch some of the tape of Amarov when he's blocking. Okay, thanks. Radio Nation to
2: there he goes, Jimmy from Pomona. Appreciate you calling in, being a new booty here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Liam Eikenberg, the tackle from Notre Dame. You heard him in segment number two. He's a guy I could definitely see the Raiders making a move on. Not at 17, but if they trade back or if they get him in the second round. I don't think he's picked at number 17, but he's definitely a dude that they could try trade back and get. And, uh, yes, on Ra St. Brown, he's a dude who's getting a lot of pre-draft love. He could be an option for sure, probably a second-round dude as well. But uh, some good options right there, man, some good players. No doubt about that. Thank you for the call, Jimmy. Appreciate you. Uh, next up, and final call of the show comes from Jordan from Oregon. He's calling in to talk about some of the things he's been hearing lately and he wants to address a few positives that he's seen from Gruden since he's returned to the Raiders' sidelines. Here he is. Jordan from Oregon.
4: Hey, what's going on, Q? It's Jordan in Oregon calling in here. I uh, just wanted to touch on a couple things I've been thinking about lately. I've been getting, a, getting hearing a lot and just reading a lot about, uh, you know, kind of Gruden's plan A, plan B, plan C, um, there's a lot of fan base that's kind of divided on, on our coach right now. And and uh, here, I'm saying our coach like I'm on the team. That's how big of a fan I am, I guess. Um, but one thing I wanted to say to Raider Nation and myself, you know, just kind of keep in mind is you can keep tearing it down and bringing a new guy in and, and end up with similar results. And, you know, one thing we have going with Gruden is there has been areas of improvement. If this team wasn't improving in any area. I I could get that argument. But, you know, Gruden coming in and trading off a couple big names for draft capital, we're finally getting to see if that draft capital was worth doing. In other words, these trades, are they working out or not? Are we getting guys that are going to come in and be impact players? And we're close to being able to have the answer to that. Looks like they might have hit on a couple and maybe not hit on a couple as well. And I guess where I'm going with it is I feel a lot more comfortable with the Raiders and this coaching staff, general manager, and, and Gruden and everything, trying to just treat last season like a building block. And I know we all want to playoffs, but I'd I sure as heck rather have this same staff in. that has made improvements. Uh, maybe they haven't been as fast as we wanted. Maybe it hasn't been, you know, a Super Bowl or playoff berth yet but they have made strides, and I'm I'm comfortable thinking, you know, that this next year we're going to do the same thing. And another thing that really got me thinking about is I think as Raider fans and myself included, I've put so much emphasis on playoffs or busts. It's almost like I've started thinking the playoffs are some, you know, uh, Super Bowl us, And that's not right. That's not right at all. One of the callers that you did the segment on uh, was a great call, and it really got me thinking like, you know, there's one winner every year, and there's 31 other teams that are sitting on the couch, as, as the guy pointed out in the call this week. And, you know, if you don't make it to the Super Bowl and, and you don't go win that thing, to me, everyone else is on a level playing field, whether you're the a 4-12 and team, an 8-18 team, 12-4, if you don't win that Super Bowl, that's the, you, you didn't conquer the, the goal. And so, You know, I think for us as Raider fans, sometimes you just got to toss away the idea that it's playoffs or bust. We just want to see competitive football. We want to see this team getting better in areas. The defense, of course, if they can can get better on defense, I think we'll be uh, cooking with grease, like you would say. Anyway, peace out, man.
2: Jordan, good call, my man. And I can appreciate the fact that, you know, you're trying to find the positives because there has been a lot of hammering of Gruden and in the organization and just the direction it's going because, well, it's been so long since they've been in the playoffs. But I will say, you know, you're right about the playoffs and, and that only one team is happy at the end of the day. If the Raiders were a team that went to the playoffs consistently, then I would think that you're spot on with your comments. But the problem is they've only been to the playoffs once since their Super Bowl appearance, and that was back in, what, 2002? You know what I mean? Or 2003 of the calendar year? I mean, that's been too long. Now, if they start to become a team that's consistently in the playoffs, then okay, I get it. And then at some point you say, okay, well, you got to take that next step. But... Raider Nation is starving just to see him get to the playoffs. And and like you heard Gabe Jackson, he wants to play for a winning organization. He only been to the playoffs one time in his career. He's been in the league since 2014. That's I mean, you gotta be able to be a winning organization if you want to get real deal players. I mean, you could draft players, but if you want to get real deal free agents to want to go there, see how many free agents wanted to go to Kansas City? You know why? Because they think they could win. <laughs> they want to win. When these guys, you know, get off their rookie contracts, they become free agents. Yeah, they want to get paid, but they also want to get a chance at a ring. Right now, the Raiders don't offer opportunities to get a ring or even get to the dance. The only way you can get to a ring, you gotta be in the dance. So that's that's my counter to your 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 comp your comment, but you're not wrong. Like your comment makes a lot of sense. But in the Raiders case, they need to find a way to become Habitual playoff uh, makers. You know what I mean? Like they got to find ways to get to the playoffs more times than not. And they haven't done that in a very, very long time. That's what Gruden's been given the long contract for. And that's where that consistency comes in, which I do like and I agree with. Consistency is great, but you got to find a way to consistently make it to the playoffs. So thank you so much for that, Jordan, Jimmy, and Raider Mike. Appreciate your calls. And uh, that's all for today's show, man. We'll come back tomorrow. We'll finish off the week really, really, really strong. Uh, Enjoy your day today. It is uh, April Fool's Day, so be careful out there. There may be some jokes uh, around the corner, some pranks around the corner. Be careful. Also, enjoy some baseball action today. If you're a baseball fan like myself, it is opening day. It's almost like a holiday for me. So, uh, yeah, enjoy some great baseball action. It's only 162 games to go, baby. Right now, I guarantee the wife was like, oh, my gosh. She probably just rolled her eyes like 162 games. Are you kidding me? I got to watch all this? Great. Anyway, it's that time of year. So there you go. That's what it is. So Raider Nation, have a great day. Enjoy your day. We'll be back tomorrow, like I said, to finish off the week really strong. Until then, keep your family tight. You know, take care of your family. Wash your hands. Social distance. You know, wear your mask. I mean, do whatever you got to do. Just stay safe. And most importantly, as always, just win, baby.